For the latest in Australian and World Rally news, join me, Luke Witten, from Rally Sport Magazine on the Special Stage Rally Podcast every week. It's news, insight and analysis with big names in the sport joining us regularly to talk rallying of all sorts. Catch the Special Stage Rally Podcast now, available via the Motorsport Podcast Network on all your regular podcast apps. A Motorsport Podcast Network production. Hey everybody, Aaron Noonan here. Welcome to the V8 Sleuth Podcast powered by Repco. We've had our halftime oranges. We are good to go. It's part two with the great man, Jim Richards. He's got some ripping stories in this part of the podcast, including how he ended up with a Bob Jane T-Marts franchise, about racing Formula 5000s, the time he tried to do the Le Mans 24-hour with Peter Brock and Colin Bond, um, spoiler alert, didn't go well, but that's part of the story. His long-time racing Porsches in Australia and Touring Car Masters, the Falcon Sprint and the AMC Javelin, cars that are close to the heart of many muscle car fans around the country. Jimmy also tackles your National Motor Racing Museum couch racer questions and we talk memorabilia thanks to our friends at the Motorsport Trader. So here we go, buckle up, really tight. It's time to start part two of Jim Richards on the V8 Sleuth podcast, powered by Repco. So were you, you, you clearly you're full-time in Oz, family's here. Yeah. Um, does anyone end up running a Bob Jane T-Marts and owning one of those? Was it yeah. your brother or your no, cousin? My cousin? Your cousin, that's yeah, right. Yeah, my cousin Ralph. So, so, that's, so the Bob Jane connection sort of... The Bob Jane connection happened during the racing because mm. a lot of the time that in the sports sedan races, they would invite three drivers and then fill the field with the local sports sedan guys. So Janie always sort of went with Pat Purcell and the guys in the in the Monaro. I'd always go in the Mustang or whatever. And uh, so we got to be friends at the track because we race against each other. Mm. And Bob probably beat me more than I beat him. But it was a friendly, nice relationship where, you know, he'd come over and say, come on, never be with us. And he'd go over and never be with them, you know. But the T-Mart thing, when, when my cousin Ralph Jones came over, he was looking for a, something different. So we thought we'd start a little mechanical workshop because we were both mechanics. Mm. And that, I mean, the motor racing wasn't wasn't paying at all. You know, we were always in debt, you know. <laughs> Even though but, you but, sell but, the but caravans we, and yeah, cars. Yeah, we and... paid all the bills. So it's not, it wasn't, yeah. wasn't that, that, that bad, but um, – and he was a qualified mechanic as well. So we thought we'd start a little business and we, you know, we had, we had backing from Shell Oil, you know, to free petrol type of deal. And we thought we might approach them for a, maybe we can get a couple of petrol pumps and a nice little workshop and we'll get some tires through Bob Jane to sell, just to start, you know, making a normal living. Well, the, um, the first time I mentioned to Bob, could they sell us some tires? You're allowed, are you allowed to swear badly on this? You can do what you like and we'll deal with it later. Okay. Because um, Bob was a very outspoken, don't take your lady or your girlfriend around when he was, when he was talking to the boys, for God's sake. There was some potty mouth action yeah. going on. Yeah. And um, so I went uh, up at a race meeting and I said, Bob, we're, my cousin introduced Ralph. My cousin and I are thinking of starting a little mechanical repair business and get some maybe some tyres off. Could you sell us some tyres? He says, What? I said, yeah, well, we were both mechanics. He said, you guys, you guys don't need a, need a, need a uh, mechanical shop. That's bullshit. He said, you need a fucking T-Mart. And we said, well, we've never sold our own cars, let alone selling tyres in, in, in a place. No, no, he said, it's easy. He said, you need a T-Mart. That's what you need to go into. He says, yeah, Ralph, can you start work in the next few days? Ralph said, yeah. <laughs> Where's <yeah>. this going? <laughs> um, he said, well, I've got a spot opening up at the city T-Mart. Go down there, start work, just selling tyres, get in the – sussing out the way that the place is run because I still was, was racing at the top <coughs> the time and just get you, get a, get a guess on what's going on and I'll just I'll think about it. But I'll get, a, I'll get a contract ready for you. And uh, – so um, Ralph says, yeah, okay. So Ralph, he, this went, all happens, he went to the city, city team art and, and, and got to learn how to sell tyres. And I uh, I just went about my business and type of thing. And um, then when it came time to uh, see Janie to, for the contract to the go into the team art and da-da-da-da-da. So this is to become a franchise. This is a thing. franchisee, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we didn't know much about it. We just, you know, taking Bob's word for it. 
So he came down and he had a, had a contract. He said, there you go. Just, there's the contract. You've signed that, mate. You're going to the team art and you'll be, you'll be laughing. And I said, yeah, but what about, what about money? He said, uh, well, I want $100,000 for the franchise. I said, just looked at Ralph and Ralph looked at me and said. We just want to buy a couple of ties said, to put in said, our servo. He said, I said, we, 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 we can't, can't do that. We, we, we haven't got enough money. I need mean, a long way. He said, um, how much you got? And I looked at Ralph and, I, and then Bob said, come on, between, between the two of you, what sort of money can you get? And I said, well, I, I can probably borrow some off my mum or something, five grand. And Ralph said, oh, I can give it five grand. It was $10,000. He said, okay. He said, that, that's, that's all right. He said, you give me your $10,000. He said, you go and, go and work. I've got a team art picked out for you in Preston. Go and take over the team art. He said, and here's a deposit book to my bank. He said, every, every day at the end of the day, tally up your money. First thing in the morning, go down to the bank and bank it into my account. Pay, pay back. So you got 90 grand to catch so, up on. So, yeah. So uh, he said, but he said, in the meantime, um, on Thursdays, you pay your wages, pay your bills, whatever they are, wherever they are. But you buy your tyres, everything through me. And uh, and any excess money you got banked in my account, so <laughs> this is all pretty easy at this stage. Mm. So anyway, we go into the team art and um, um, we we look at the contract, and the contract basically basically said that you will come and work, work on a team art, and if you're no bloody good, we'll take it off you, <laughs> <laughs> sort of, you know. We're protecting our brand, I yeah, think they call it yeah. these days. But anyway, no, no, you said uh, we, we took it to an accountant that we, that we run into and uh, showed the accountant. He said, oh, no, 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 you can't. Don't, don't sign, sign that. that. Don't sign that. No, no, you've got nothing. You, you end up with nothing. You, you. And uh, so I said, oh, shit, okay. Uh, so anyway, we went back to Bob in Bob's office. He says, how'd you go? I said, I, and I had the contract in my hand and I put it on his desk and he, he said, how'd you go? What, 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 are, you, what are you up to? I, I said, well, we went to a, uh, an accountant and he, he said we shouldn't sign it. Bob said, he's looked at us and he said, look, look, look. And he grabbed the, grabbed the contract and he leant down and opened a big drawer on his desk right at the bottom of the drawer. You know, we're, we're sort of looking over, what, what, what the hell is he doing? And he gets, gets the contract and he sticks it in the drawer, slams the drawer shut. He said, sign the contract. The contract goes in that drawer and it doesn't come out. What's that mean? Well, it means that go and make some money. Pay me back and we'll worry about the rest of it later. So I looked at Ralph and Ralph looked at me and we went, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Bob, like, I mean, as, 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 as the faults that you had and the failings that you had, everyone's got, got their own. But had it not been for him, there is no way we could, we, we, we'd be doing what we're doing now. Mm. And uh, so us operating his team art, he owned the land, he owned the building. And this is the one in Preston. Yeah, one in Preston. Yeah. So we were paying him back from his business Yeah. to end up buying it. You know what Just I mean? It was negatively geared around the We were paying it as we had a good wage. Uh, and he said to us, because not, 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 not a road, don't get me wrong. One of the team, I think, was as soon as you got a team, you went and bought a new Benz. You know what I mean? <laughs> you put it on lease. And uh, one of the last things he said to us, he said, now listen, when, you, when you, you pay yourself a decent wage, no problem. He said, a car each, no dramas, but don't go fucking crazy. <laughs> so we were, so uh, a Merck's out of the question yeah, here, right? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something simple, yeah. keep it simple. So um, he, he was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. You know, never, 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 I, I haven't got a bad word to say about him. He was bloody good. So in, in a year, we had the Temart paid for. Really? Right? That's a lot of tyres. It's a, a lot of – anyway. Uh, and then – because really, you didn't tell us at the start. As soon as we finished the, the paying the franchise off, because the sto- all the stock we were, we were selling was Bob's. Yeah. And, and he, he would deliver it to our show and we'd sell it. He said, okay, that's great. You've, 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 you're now team owners, business owners. He says, now I want you to pay me for the fucking tyres. <laughs> Another 120 grand. Like, and then, and then, and but, then. But, as I say, he was, he was fantastic, fantastic. So would you recommend franchiseeing to anybody out there? Well, when, when, when we were doing it, and it's a lot harder now, <laughs> again, probably. Sorry. 
and there's no way that the Bob would let you go <laughs> if he was alive. <laughs> I think that was the last time he did it, but it, it worked out good because we, you know, we we got on well. We had respect for each other, and and we we knew he was doing us a big favour. So when you said before about had that bit not happened, all the rest of it wouldn't have happened. So you reckon had that business opportunity not arisen, you'd have gone back to New Zealand because the, you were no, out of money for the race. We, we, we would have started a little business with you would have cars. Done your own thing, and then who knows yeah. where it could have gone. In the line yeah, after that. Yeah. 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 Uh, there's so many oddities along the way that you've had a crack at everything. Formula 5000. Yeah. How did that come to be? Yeah, you, you, you sort of, we don't think open wheelers and Jim Richards no, no, together, no. but there was a little time that you had to go. How did that no, come No, there was. There was, um, at the time, there was a, there was a, the Rothman series uh, had. Late 70s, we're talking. Uh, 80, I think. Oh, 70, yeah, um, yeah, 80, yeah. 81, somewhere around, around that. Yep. And it was a 5,000 series that they got cars from the States and from England that would come out and, and, and run, and, and a couple of old Formula One cars, mm. the Wolves mm. yep. ran yep. at the time that I ran. And, and Janie wanted to, to have a, because it was a big deal, to have a uh, representation. He was in everything. There was a Bob yeah. Jane car in just about and any so series. And uh, Alan Coleman said, could you, could you, could you get a 5,000 and run? I said, well, I don't know. Uh, I'll, I'll check it up. So... Because I'd driven for Gossy in the Falcon in a couple of minutes, I'd seen this old Matic mm. that was up in the up in the roof of his uh, workshop in a loft, and um, and I got talking to a guy called Peter Fowler, who built Brian Thompson's Chevy mm. VW. Yep, I know this might be strange to some listeners, but that's <laughs> these all things. good. Um, and so I said, I've got a chance that I, that I can get a Formula Five Thousand, a Matic. And uh, needs prepping and running for the for four races in the Rothman series. He says, "Yep, I can do that." Uh, and I said, "How much will it cost?" He says, "Don't worry about that yet. I'll get some sponsorship from the local Shepparton people, mm-hmm. the Team Shepparton type of deal." Which they did <clears> a bit <throat> with Tomo's stuff over the years. Yeah. And um, Bob Bob had given us ten thousand dollars sponsorship, but I had to buy the car as well. <laughs> <laughs> Same old There's story. There's a deal. There's a deal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So anyway, so we, we got it and ran it and turned it into a Bob, Bob Jones Tiamat car, went up to the loft, Gossie's factory in Sydney, got a, got a forklift and forklifted it down from the roof, went to Shepparton, Peter Fowler prepared it, painted it in Bob Jane colours and, uh, and ran it. And um, we, um, we tested it for the first time at Calder. And um, it was a sh- called a short track, not the long track. Yeah, it was yeah. before they lengthened yeah, it yeah. and stuff, yeah. And so we hopped in and buzzed around and came in. And um, Pete said, how's it going? And Peter Fellows and I said, I said, no, it's good. It gets a little bit a little bit hot. It was a hot day anyway. But he said, uh, yeah, well, you know, just go and have another few laps and just just give it a bit of a try, see, see how you go. So I said, well, yeah, I, I was sort of trying, but um, we'll have a go. So I went around and did another five laps and uh, then came in and um, he says, well, he says, no, it's going good. He said, the time you did would have put you third on the grid for a 5,000 championship race. But bearing in mind there was no overseas cars, it was all, mm. all local, yep. you know, like all the guys. So he said, well, yeah, no, it's going good enough. Let's not wear it out. Let's take it to the first meeting. <laughs> and away we went. I think the first meeting was Sandian, I think. Did you enjoy it? Was it something that you thought? Yeah, oh, it was unusual. Was the, it- the, the, the wheels, you know, you have these two wheels in front of you, pattering up and down, and because you could see what your tyres are doing. Yeah, see yeah. where the tyres are and everything. But it wasn't immediately you thinking, oh God, bugger me, you know, because I was used to 600, 600 horsepower. Well, sports sedans yeah, of the era were yeah. basically lots of Formula Five thousand. Well, it would, it would bits Daniel would up the straight probably. Yeah, but. Uh, but I, I enjoyed it. But we had untold tra- dramas with it. Mm. We had, had a, had a, a, a like a bad oil leak coming from the rear main. It was a three hundred eight Holden engine, and um, it had it had overheating because Gossie had, had originally had moved the radiators were normally at the front of the car, moving to the side. Uh-huh. And whether the angle wasn't quite right or whatever, but it just it did overheat, not massively, but enough to to sink. Is it going to be okay? Mm. <laughs> Is this going to cost us more? I think the best result, I think we became either fourth or fifth at Sandown in the first meeting and then got progressively worse. And that's you in open wheelers? Yeah, but it was, but it was always going to. It was never going it to be. It was just a bit of a one-off to yep, fill a gap yep, and yep, an opportunity yep. arose. Yeah, and then I, I just bought, we bought the car home and I put it in the workshop and I sat there for probably you know a year and then a guy came down and said I wanted to buy a, 
I wouldn't mind buying that Matic off you. I said, yeah, no problem. He said, I've got an Alphen 360 sports car mm. with the, with the uh, Repco engine in it. Yep. He says, um, I want to trade that. And I said, I, oh, I don't, I'd rather, I don't, I'd rather I don't, cash. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really want anything. He says, I'll give you two grand in the, in the, in the, in the, in the Alphen for the fat, for five, five thousand. So I thought to myself, oh, I might be able to sell the sports car easier than the, Matters, so I yeah. said, "Yeah, okay, no problem." <laughs> and he was—he he was only about two, two or three hundred meters from the old factory that oh. I had, and so that, that did a deal. And now, um, Steve Webb, John John dad, Webb's yeah, dad yeah. Uh, I sold it to him for ten thousand dollars. The Elfin, yeah, back in nineteen eighty-one or two, and he still got it. It's probably worth half, more than half it's a million worth now. More than what you sold it for, that's for sure. There's a million of those stories, isn't there? If only you'd kept yeah, things and right. what they're worth now. And- right. Pack the Easter eggs. It's nearly time for the High Tech Oils Bathurst Six Hour. The biggest production car race in the land heads to the mountain. Easter weekend, March 29 to 31. There's over 60 cars, yes, 60 cars entered in the main race. A pile of support categories. Three big days of on-track action. Adult three-day passes are 50 bucks. Single-day tickets even cheaper. It's the perfect way to spend your Easter weekend. For more info, visit bathurstsixhour.com.au. And what happened, we're backtracking a bit, but the Mustang, when it, you stopped racing with it, what did, you, yep. did, did it sit around for a while? Did you sell that? What, what happened there? Well, the Mustang went back to New Zealand when the Falcon came along. Mm. Now Jerry Clayton, the, the 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 used car dealer from New Zealand, he owned the Falcon because he'd paid to get get it built. Yeah. Right. So, uh, so who owned the who owned the Mustang at that point? Jerry Clayton. He, he owned it. Yeah. He, and he, 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 he sold it to a guy in New Zealand, and then he he financed the building of the Falcon. I think that he did think probably that he was going to have a lot lot more success and make a lot of money out of it. But as we know, motor racing did not make a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, the um, the sports sedan, after its initial couple of years, was getting a bit tired, needed money spending on it, da 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 And so uh, the, the backers in New Zealand, uh, Jerry Clayton, his partner, said, oh, listen, we, we've got to sell the car. But he said, we've decided we're going to sell it, but we don't want you to race it anymore because you know, if, if it blew up, cracked, crashed, da 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 So he said, we're, we're going to take it off you and, and, and Peter Jansen's going to – Store it in his, his shed because they probably thought that I was going to race it. If you, if I, if I, you know, if still, still there, yeah. So they did that and uh, took the, the the car down. And I was talking to Bob about a week or so later, Bob Jane, and I know Bob Jane and, and I have had a great relationship and did have. Um, and he said to me, uh, "We haven't seen you at the meetings lately." I said, "No, no, I've got the guys that own the car. Um, they've taken it to. They don't want to run it anymore, so they just got it for sale." He said, what, you're not going to run anymore? And I said, well, well no, not in that car because I, mean, I, I can't afford to buy it. And um, he said, how much do they want for it? I said, I think they want about $20,000. Come to the office tomorrow morning. <laughs> I went to his office and he gave me a check for twenty grand. Go buy it. Go buy it. So for him to own or you to own? No, him to own. Him to yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. So he, he owned it and I drove it again for another season. And then sold it again and got most of his money back. <laughs> Good deal. That worked. So, the, and the irony, my I recollect um, that crash in Adelaide when Brock had the Monza yep. off the start. You were in the JPS Bimmer. Yep. Didn't your old Falcon yep. end up on on top his, of me. On, on top of you? Didn't it? <laughs> oh, gee, you can't get away from yeah, exactly, your old cars, exactly. can you? <laughs> but I think they're all they're all still around. Isn't the Mustang in New Zealand? Yeah, Mustang's in New Zealand. He, he restored it. Um, Made a really good, really good job of it, uh, but then painted his name on the side of it. Oh no! Instead of Citroen. Oh, oh right, okay. And so he, he said, "Oh, I wanted Citroen to help me, but but they wouldn't." Well, of course, modern companies yeah. are not going to hand out no, money exactly. for you know race some cars guy to restore a car and put it in his shed. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice theory. <laughs> anyway, so and the Falcon is um, last I knew was belongs to a a guy in um, in Sydney at um, Campbelltown. Right, because it was, I think Tony Hubbard was the one who parked yes, it on your yes, head. Yes, And Robin Doherty raced it yep, later on yep. um, without the rear spoiler, more of the lip yep, spoiler. Yep. Sort it of. was a lot better with the lip spoiler. It yeah, was just, it looked uh, a bit better. It looked yeah. a bit 
Didn't look right with no, that no, other wing no, exactly. on the back of it. But it was the way no. things were in those days, you know. Put a wing on, gain two seconds. <laughs> Put a wing on and lose two seconds yeah. more like it. <laughs> <laughs> Looked cool, but did it do much? Mm, debatable, debatable. Um, one of the long-standing relationships you've had is Porsche. Yep. Uh, there's, we could fill five podcast chats and 28 books with you and Porsche because you've done so much with them. But for all the Carrera Cups and the Nations Cups and the Targas and all that stuff, the bit that everyone probably forgets, and I'd love to hear your take. I talked to Bondi a couple of years ago about this. Yeah. Jim Richards and Lamar don't normally go together, <laughs> but there was one year where you, he, and Brock yeah. went to go and run a Porsche. I think it was a 924 from memory yeah, in, in 81. 924 GTS, I think it was. Yeah. How did that all come to be? Because it all turned to crap, didn't it? Yep, really, it didn't it, make it to the it, race. But- I suppose, I suppose um, what, what year was that? It was 81. 80, 81. Good year, yeah, that one. Yeah, That's when I turned up. You were born, yeah, were you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, at the time, Alan Hamilton, uh, you know, had, was, had the Porsche agency or the business mm. here, and, and Aussie, and he wanted to go to Le Mans. So he said he asked Bondi, Brocky, and I, because, probably because we were the, we were in in the eighties, we were sort of front runners, not bad driver. I mean, you know, good well, driver. you and Brock had just won back yeah, three exactly, times in a row, exactly, so you're sort exactly. of you're up and about, yeah. <clears throat> so he said, I want you, I want to go to um, Le Mans and run this little car Porsche repairing for us. Um, why don't you bring your wives with you? Let's make a trip of it. Let's make a trip of it. Yeah. And we had, you know, we had um, guys, photographers, and all sorts coming over with us. And um, he flew us there, looked after us. We had a Volkswagen Combi to, to, as a transport car, <laughs> like a new one. It was bloody beautiful. Oh, you know? yeah. no, I would just picture you guys in an old 60s uh, Combi well, humming around the French Bro- countryside. Bro- Brock had a... Um, a Commodore, uh, it was not, not like an a, Opal or something Opal. like that. Yeah, yeah. He had an, he had an Opal, and, and Bondi and I, and the, Faye and I, and uh, we were in the combi van with all the, with all the luggage. <laughs> and we're going down the uh, autobahn, and we uh, as fast as we could go in the combi, 160 k an hour. Pegged. And and Brock was behind us trying to push us. <laughs> anyway, but but to get to go there, we went there. We went to Porsche factory. And in the little race department, they had nine three fives. They were getting ready, nine five sixes or whatever the, the designation was. Yeah, I think they were nine three yep. fives or nine three sixes. Yeah, yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. And they had some nine, a couple of nine two four development cars, which had different engine. The the one that we drove, <clears throat> excuse me, it had an Audi engine. Basically, that was the first nine two four. set Audi engines, and um, our car was painted. But it was just in a million pieces, <laughs> and we only had about five, four four days to go to the race. Was it a you blokes have got to put it no, together if you want to drive no, it? Or? No, no, no. Oh, no. I was going to say they, they they did it all. Alan was a bit disappointed in that, but um, anyway, we cut a long story short. We we got to the track, and they were still building the car, mm-hmm. and um, uh, Brocky went out first uh, to do some laps because he'd been there before. Yeah. Four or five years before that, yeah. like in, a, in one of the BMs that he had. exactly, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, Brocky went out and, and, and drove around, drove around, drove around, and, and uh, had gearbox drama. They just wouldn't go into third gear, and the only way you got to go into third gear was if you went into fourth gear first. So instead <laughs> what, of going fourth se- back to third, yeah, <laughs> instead, of, instead of going from from second to third, you went second to fourth to third. But the, it was quite a long <laughs> gear change. But anyway, we were just Brocky was just starting to get, to get the hang of it. And kaboom, the motor blew to pieces. Oh. So Bondi and I hadn't even had a drive at the stage, right? There was only there was two practices to go, I think. So I bought the car in. We said, "This gearbox gearbox is terrible." I said, "We won't go into third gear on the up on the upshifts. It'll go into third gear on the downshifts. We won't go in the upshifts." Anyway, they had to put a new engine on it, and so that was a you know it was a good idea. And we keep saying, "Yeah, but the gearbox is like the engine's going to be fantastic, but the gearbox is is, is, a, is a big problem as well." Oh, no, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. So I got the new engine in it. Brocky went out and did another couple of laps and said, the engine's good, but the gearbox is still the same. So he came in and Bondi says, Jeez, we've got to get out, even if we do two or three laps You've just to qualify. You've got to qualify to get in the race, you know? yeah. So but Bondi went out and he, and he got the gear change sussed where he could really just quickly go second for third. <laughs> 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 and the... Uh, the um, the thing was hunting along, and Bonnie was out there trying to trying to get a time, which we couldn't do because there was cars freaking everywhere, you know, thousand mile an hour down the back straight, and we were sort of in the little the car buzzing along. <laughs> 
But anyway, in the end, Bond, uh, Bondi said, you've got to have a drive, Jim. And I said, yeah, well, yeah. He said, because well, if we don't, if you don't drive, we can't qualify. All three have got all, to all three. qualify, yeah. And uh, Bondi needed to do an extra lap to, to, to get the qualifying thing up. And uh, so he came in and I jumped in and away, away I went and he told me how to change gear and went, and went that. And I drove out of the pit lane and all of a sudden, brrr, no turbo boost. Ugh. Oh, my God. And so I, I, I radioed in and said, there's no boost. You've got to keep going. Just do the, to try and do as many laps as you can because it was only a half an hour to go and a lap takes three and a half minutes or something. And so, um, so I'm buzzing along there down uh, Mulsanne Strait in third gear <laughs> with no power at all, flat as a biscuit, to these guys going past me. So anyway, to cut another long story short, we, we, we finished the practice like nothing. And what had happened is that they, when they washed all the parts to, to put the new engine in, they washed it in solvent and the, and the, and the intercooler gasket uh. had, had, had expanded and moved out. And, uh, but anyway, we... Um, we wouldn't have, and I didn't qualify because I didn't do enough laps. But we wouldn't have qualified anyway had I done my that extra lap, because our time was so much slower than the it wasn't class fast leader. enough to get in. Yeah. yeah, but it was brilliant. You know, we um, we had the the the, the, the pilots, well, pilots pass. So you had a pass with pilot. Oh, pilot. pilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, French so, for so, driver. So, so Bondi and I and the and the girls and Brock were all in the in the, in the, the Volkswagen driving around the inside of Le Mans. You know, so the, you had inside. the best pass for the race. Exactly, and, and we had the driver sticker on the window of the BMW. And they just BMW. wave you on in anyway. They waved us in everywhere, and we just went to go down this. We went and parked next to a golf course, just on the side of the road, which the track went round it, walked through some pine trees type of thing, and shit, here was, was, was the Armco. <laughs> You're on the track. So we're sitting on the Armco at the end of Mulsanne Strait with cars doing like 300 k where they were. As they passed us, they put the brakes on, and the, and the, and the the turbos and the discs were glowing red, white hot. It was it was a bloody good trip, but of course it didn't didn't uh, didn't mean anything. <laughs> it's it's a it's a long way to go to yeah. not get to drive yeah, in yeah. the race, and uh, what an amazing thrill just to drive yeah, around exactly, that place. Exactly. I mean, you know, that's yeah. another bucket list ticked of things. But but Porsche for you, that you know, a little one off there, and then you go off in BMWs and Nissans, which we've talked about before, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it again. What started the – is it Peter Fitzgerald who we should blame for your Porsche thing because you ended up with a million of them later on yeah. and won a bunch of stuff in Nations Cup and Carrera Cup and Targas and all sorts of stuff. Is him getting you to drive at the 12-hour in one of those 968 club sports, is that where the whole Porsche thing for you sort of refired? I've got to thank Pete every day because uh, he, he got me the drive. Well, he, he, was, he chose the drivers and I had to co-drive with him in the 968 Mm. Porsche, the Falcon tyres on the green and Falcon, yep, yep. yep. And, the, the uh, Easter twelve hour in the twelve hour. Uh, was it a twelve hour or six? No, twelve. Twelve. Hour. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, I couldn't believe it. They'd the, the run the year before. And I said, "What have you done to the to the little cars to, to prep them?" He says, "Washed them. Nothing. We washed them and cleaned them and <laughs> tested them." And I said, "What about the engine?" You know, no. It's only done. Don't look at it. Ten thousand k or something, whatever it is. Don't, don't need to, you know, these motors will last for 100,000 K. I said, you're joking. He said, no, no. Anyway, we drove it around for the, the, the whole uh, 12 hours. I didn't miss a beat. Ran, we had two of them in the team. And um, they were just brilliant cars, brilliant cars. And so that started me thinking, Jesus, you know, these Porsches, I've never driven a Porsche until then. And... Um, the, the the cars after the 12 hour race and, and they did Target Tassie as well which I drove one of them and the Porsche decided they would sell those two cars off because they owned them and so they offered one to, for, to Pete one one to me and one to someone else I don't know who it was um, and so I said yeah no I'll buy one and I can run it in Carrera Cup and I can run GTP hmm. GT production because that was just getting started wasn't yeah, it yeah that was the first time yeah I think they called it super production to begin with, and yep. then it became GDP, and Ross Palmer yep. was backing it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I, I ran some some of the GTP races, and Steve, my son, he ran in the Porsche Cup in the same car. Mm, mm. So we'd come in, and he'd just he'd jump in and <laughs> change Swap the, over. whatever. Yeah, well, you don't have to change the name yeah, on the no, window; no, exactly. just Richards. It's exactly. still Richards. Exactly. Off you go. And so we had an absolute ball in that car, and uh, then eventually sold it. And then when the 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 first new Porsche that I bought was the the uh, nine eleven Club Sport. 
RSC are still RS worth a lot of money now, aren't they? they? Because oh, there's not many of them eight, around. 900,000, yeah. Is that what it's worth now? Yeah, well, the, the oh. last I looked, there was 690 oh. of them. <laughs> Don't look again. No. Don't look again. But, um, that yeah. was the. They were two nice, like, Porsche seats, probably grouse seats, no floor mats, no hood lining, no, no nothing apart from what you needed mm. to actually. Did they have a roll cage in them? They might have. I think they might have. I think Porsche no, always have an back, iron back, race. Back, back, back part of a roll cage. Right. Because you can't register them with the front part. Uh-huh. Uh, but anyway, yes, yeah, so that started my uh, Porsche Carrera. Um, career. <laughs> I was going to say, it's, it's career and error put together yeah, exactly. career. It makes sense exactly. to me. Yeah, so I uh, loved them. They had a great, 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 satisfying times in the Porsches. So how many Porsches have you had uh, between... GTP, Nations Cup, Carrera Cup, Targa and Tarmac cars. And I, have a, I bought, bought the first Porsche, let's say, in 1993, and I've had 26. Jeepers. But none of them just as – well, maybe two of them as road cars. They've always been competition cars. They've always been competition, but, but all, apart from the cup cars, they've been rally cars. Yeah. Yeah, so I didn't really drive them on the road that much. Mm. Mm. But out of all those cars, like they never, they never not missed a beat. Incredible, <laughs> just amazing. Um, uh, like you said when you said about when you first when you asked Fitzy about the the engines in them and what you don't touch them, you don't look at them. They're exactly. just like clockwork. It's oh, just yeah. incredible things. And and the one that I recently talked to a, to Carl Batson, who many in the industry will yeah. know. Bats is a long time Porsche man. He worked with you on a lot yeah. of your Porsche race cars. All of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, couldn't get away from him. The the I asked him about a, a car I was doing some homework on, and that was your. So when GTP grew and it got so big that the they kind of splintered it. So Nations Cup started yes. with the the Porsches and the Ferraris and the, the Lambos, Lambos and yeah. the Vipers, and and we can we'll talk about that. It's awesome. Yep. And the smaller cars like the Subarus and the Lance and Evos and the, they, they sort of had their own thing, and yeah. then it it just kept growing, so they yeah, just kept yeah. splitting it out. So by the time Nations Cup was really humming along, you won the first couple in a club sport, the yellow GT3 club sport. Yes, I'm pretty for, sure that's the case. Yep, yeah, for I think o- we won one three, three, one three in a row, three in a row, two in the club sport, and then one in the cup car. Yes, yes. So in 2002, this is before Carrera Cup yep. was in Australia. It was a year away from yep. coming. So by this stage, Stokel's Lamborghini, which was a you know, yep. amazingly yep. cool car, yep. the Viper, I think Jeff Morgan had got he's yep. with Barry Jones yep. up and exactly. flying. Yep. John Bauer was always lurking because yeah, he's always exactly. somewhere in a yeah, race. Yeah. He's in Ferraris with um, the prancing horse bikes. And you had a new 2002 Two cup, cup car. car. Yeah. I reckon, and Bats agrees, and between us we kind of said this, and I'm interested in your take, of all the championships you've won in all the different cars and categories, I reckon that's the most unlikely championship win that you had. Yes. Well, the, the, the three of them was just the last one. That last one. The last one 02. was because the, the, the opposition were, 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 were current top cars. And we didn't win many races, but we'd always finished on the top three mm. type of thing. But I think that year there was only only two of the 2002 Cup cars bought out, one for me and one for Fissy. I think there was a couple, but you were the only two that were laying a glove on anyone I at the think front. So. Yeah. Because yeah. when 2003 yeah. came along. Then it was Carrera Cup and yeah, there was truckloads yeah, yeah. of them. And, and that, that car, we upgraded it. That's right. To 2003 specs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but not, not for me to drive. Not for you. Yeah, 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 and you yeah. got a new one. But because – that category was so parity yes. based. Oh, the Lambo needs revs taken exactly. off, and oh, Jimmy doesn't need any help. Oh, it was constant. No, exactly. Every exactly. people thought Group C was bad. Jeez, Nations Cup was. The more you rang the organisers, yeah, the more yeah. things you got. <laughs> I, I reckon the Telstra bills in and out of Procar's <laughs> office in Queensland and Cam's in Melbourne would have yeah. been would have been something huge. But I think you'd won one race maybe all year. You just kept in the game, yeah, yeah. and then last round on the Gold Coast, you blitzed them. You won yeah. all the races, and you won the championship in the last round. Yeah, but that was that was Porsche at its finest. Yes, yes. just trucking on. If yeah, you weren't winning, yeah. you were second or third or fourth. Yeah, exactly. You never yeah. failed to finish, whereas the other blokes every now yeah. and then would fall over. Exactly. I reckon it's the most. If you went into that at the start of that championship, there's no way you would have thought no, you would exactly. have won that one. Exactly, it was exactly. incredible. Yeah. It's incredible, just phenomenal, phenomenal. Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online, thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? 
Just search Rego, the number two, and oil and find out. So another topic that our followers are into big time, they love touring car masters, love TCM, love the old cars, love all that stuff. The Fel- well, Falcon and the Javelin are your, your two. Yeah. How did the Falcon come to be? Where did that come from? Why did you go that path? How did that one all come together? Well, when I sort of stopped driving um, <clears throat> cars in the main game, I wanted just to build a car that could uh, have some fun, just just to, to drive for, for fun in a class that we, you know there, there wasn't a lot of preparation needed and you could you know, build your car and race it for a year without spending your money on it type mm. of thing. So I looked around at cars and um, and I always had a soft spot for Falcon Sprints because Frank Gardner won the British Championship. He did, in, yeah, in the Falcon Sprint. And uh, so, and at the time, there was the, there was a limit on rim widths, so there was only allowed six inch wheels on the on the Sprint, where you could have seven and, and uh, eight, I think, on the Mustangs and stuff. But I thought it's not the right thing to just, just to, to try and build up an, an older car and go into a a class and try and dominate when you've had a successful career and and you're probably one of the best drivers around. Mm. So I chose the Falcon because it was it had small tyres. I chose it because it had a 289 engine, which wouldn't give me as much puff. And so I'd just have some fun in, just to, you know, midfield, front of the field if I could, whatever. So we got the car. Uh, someone else was building one for Group N uh, or, or the Bugandi series, which it mm. was. Um, but the regulations were quite tight. Well, as I started to find the car and build the car, the regulations changed. So then everyone was allowed to have eight-inch wheels, for instance. So that all of a sudden, well, that's 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 good. It made my car that's a, a bit free better, kick. yeah. You know, and the fact that it was uh, it, it, it was built with the fiberglass doors, bonnet, boot, it would run a lot, run, run a lot lighter. So I thought that would be good. So uh, we just kept building it, kept building it, and uh, as we were building it, things changed. You know, if it started off, you are allowed steel heads on the car, so we built it with steel heads. And as soon as we got it going, they said, oh, no, you can put belly heads on it now. So all of a sudden, we got to the stage where the car was fairly well sorted. It took about a year, year or so to get it organised. took two years to build. And um, then we turned out like a, a car that we probably never thought we were going to build, <laughs> even though we knew we were going to build a Falcon Sprint. To what mechanical specifications we really didn't know until it was finished building. Mm. So uh, the first meeting we went to it was, I think it was pretty well. We got the car going. We took it to Calder, did five laps, didn't misfire, didn't leak any oil, didn't overheat. Put in the truck and drove to Darwin, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and we qualified first or second and won a couple of the races. It's funny how. Um... <laughs> As you say, the plan of what it started to be exactly. versus what it yeah, became, yeah. or it sort of just became without you trying no, because exactly. of the way that the, the rules change. Uh, there's you, John Bow, Mediki, so a few of the guys who raced together over yes, the years, and then yeah. a bunch of, I guess you'd say, you know, passion enthusiasts yeah, exactly. who yeah. suddenly get to race with you guys exactly. who never exactly. would have exactly. dreamt of it. Um, cool cars. Yeah. Fans love them. Yeah. They make the right noise. They slide. They no, do all exactly. that sort of exactly. stuff. It was a, So TCM grew out of group. In to yep. try to make things more reliable, more reliable yeah. and you know yeah. it doesn't have to be exactly correct no. because you don't want to have to spend stupid yeah. money to, yeah. to keep it all going. Where that car sits in all of the cars you've had, I guess it's it was pretty straightforward because you know by this stage you're definitely you're running your own show, you do your yeah, own yeah, thing, you yeah. got your own crew of guys, and it's nice and easy, and and you're going to do this for fun. No, exactly. Well, I think I started racing my first races around nineteen sixty four. And uh, I, I finished my career. Yeah, so you're forty odd years small on. Forward, and yeah. back to where I was. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> someone's drawn the circle back around. Nine sixty four Anglia, and then the end of the, the deal, I was at a sixty four Mazda no, yeah, Falcon yeah. Sprint. But they, they were genuinely, they, no, they still, still are. They're genuinely great cars to drive. Terrific fun. I mean, they they, they look like old cars, nice old cars. But they're fairly not sophisticated at all. They've got you know, in, in the, the regs that I build mine to. They've got standard suspension arms, everything, which you're allowed to modify them slightly within a certain period of space. Uh, but like at, at Bathurst, like they do 290k down mm. Conrod because they've got no aerodynamics on them at all. And you've got to back off over the 
Over the hump? Uh, over the hump. It's in, like the in old my days. car because it had no front spoiler, no rear spoiler. Mm. And, um, but it, it was amazing. You know, they let me put a front spoiler and rear spoiler on it because everyone else had one and mine was the only car that didn't. So I put a little tiny one on just to try not to make it look non-genuine but it, yeah. it didn't have to yeah but uh and that that fixed the lifting on the back straight <laughs> <laughs> how i think the fans love the i mean clearly they love the drivers of that category but the cars have kind of got their own um, followers yes. you know people can connect to you know camaros yeah, or the exactly. hard top the, the exactly. mustangs yeah. or then they brought the hard top falcons and the tyrannas yeah. in to, to modernize it up a little bit <laughs> But there's, you know, Falcon fans from back in the day yeah. who've now got something old, new again to no, exactly. to follow. Exactly. It, it yeah. sort of was the, yeah. the heart of why that category no, did been right. so successful. No, did right. But I, I sort of built the Falcon because it would be the last car that I'd probably drive, you know, have some fun. But, of course, I was I was thinking that it would, it would stay at the spec and, and it was always going to stay at, at, at the spec that we first built them at, everyone. Mm. Then, of course, every year that went by, they modified it, modified it, so you keep having to spending money. All of a sudden, it was costing a heap more than you ever thought it would. I was here for fun from a you know a high speed game of golf, yeah. and suddenly we're playing full on tournaments. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so was that what prompted the javelin next door? Well, we had, you went, we, I we, we just had do an cool. Bruce Tyson and and, and Mick Webb. Um, Webby did all the engine and everything, and Bruce Tyson actually physically built the car with my input, and I, I helped obviously. But Bruce did the the the, the 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 spanner work, you might say, with modifying this and changing that. <clears throat> but we had so much fun d- doing it and racing it that we thought, well, why don't we b- b- we build another car with a th- six-litre engine and r- really the, all the things on the Falcon that we maybe didn't quite get spot on, we'll get, and wh- what, what sort of car do we need to, to, to go for? And I was a um, uh, Roger Penske fan in the old days with Mark... Mark Donahue. Mark Donahue yep. driving... And he won the two, the the Trans Am championships in in uh, 70, 70, 71, I think, mm. in a javelin. Mm. So I said to the boys, "What about a javelin?" What? <laughs> so a javelin, they're, they're sort of a funny looking car, but they've got the right size engine. They, they, and we all and no one else has got one. Nine inch, no one else has got one, and I'm being be neat. And uh, so anyway, we decided, yeah, well, okay, where do we go? Um, so where do you find an AMC Javelin to start with? Oh, they're everywhere. Are they? <laughs> Is it a thing? The uh, they they built 180 of them in Australia, physically, right hand drive. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But apart from that, you know, they, they import them they're like old muscle cars. But um, yeah, because there's something different, but the very very similar suspension to a Falcon. We'll have a few little you know, things that you know were slightly different, but. But basically, we wanted something that no one else had, only because just well, we've been building it for the class as well as the fact that we wanted to build a car. In hindsight, we probably would have been better building a, a Mustang or a Camaro, but there's already half a dozen of each. Piles of them, yeah. So we didn't really didn't want to go that way. But uh, yeah, no, we so we refined little bits and pieces that we could on the Javelin that we hadn't done on the Falcon, and it became a slightly better car. Yeah, but of course, as we were doing that, everyone else was rebuilding and everything. But uh, <laughs> So the poor old Jay have had two massive crashes, and uh, the last time I rebuilt it, that'll do. <laughs> Not going to do it again. Because it was one of them at Sandown, I think, coming out of the main <coughs> straight. First one was Sandown. It was a um, back-of-the-grid start for the front. Uh, sorry, reverse, reverse grid. Reverse yep. grid. And, um, you know, all the cars were in front. The fast ones are trying to get through the slow ones. And, um, uh, you know, no, no, no one nowadays, and, and even then, just takes it a bit easy. <laughs> And anyway, I came around, around the corner and just and the two cars in front of us. And all of a sudden, as and I was behind them, just, just going to sort of make a, make a move, coming out of the corner. And all of a sudden, they just parted. I thought, what the fuck? Jesus. Woof. Straight in. Yeah. Bent the, the chassis, moved the floor, and everything. But amazing, amazingly enough, not much more in the car apart from the body, the body was damaged. So we had to uh, go and find a, um, another javelin. Shell, but we had to buy. We bought a car, and um, was it in, in Australia? Yeah, 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 yeah. Craig Morland um, is a, on the Javelin Car Club, so we kept in touch with them, and they supplied us some parts and stuff, which we, we pay for. But but uh, Craig was 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 brilliant, and uh, he had a he had a, he had a factory as big as this, bigger than this, full of javelins, oh. old old ones, wrecked ones, you know, you name it. 
So we went down and there's about three or four to choose from. We chose the white one and <laughs> then we, we, we stripped that out. <clears throat> and what we did, we, we took the, the, the broken and bent chassis to Marty Brandt at uh, International Race Cars. And then we took the new body shell, bead blasted, you know, and everything, and painted an undercoat and gave it to, to Marty beside the, the other one. And he replicated, because he, he did most of the chassis work anyway, mm. he replicated the bolt holes, the the, the, the plates, the, this or that, so that when we put, took that new body shell back to the workshop in the factory here behind you, everything that was off the, 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 the beaten, beaten up shell went straight on, diff went straight in, gearbox motor, everything. And um, so it worked out really good. And then uh, a year later at um, Adelaide, first race of the season, just a normal grid race. No, it was a reverse top 10. No, oh, the reverse again. And um, yeah, one of the uh, Mustang of uh, Terry Lawler actually. It was one of his first arrives. Had a loser at the chicane, and I was out in the open, just beautiful. Next minute, I came out of right field. <laughs> this car going backwards, whoop, right in the in the side of the, the jav, and just just bent every single panel on the side, bent the chassis, yeah. and then of course when the car finally came to rest, it was against the. The, the tires on the other side of the track, so I pushed that aside in as oh, well. Finished it off. <laughs> so we sent the sent the sent the body again to um, the boys up in uh, Tenerfield, and um, they repaired it for us, and it came back better than new. Mm. But let's not do it for the third time. Let's no, just no. So I said no, no, I won't run that, that anymore. And we ran the Falcon, which, mm. which 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 was which was sort of retired. We ran the Falcon in the last season. Yeah. Let's not go rebuilding anymore. No, let's seas, not go, you'll no, run no, no. you'll run the nation out of them. If and you and have every to. time you went out in the, in the later later years, for when I was in TCM, you were battling against guys running into you. You, mm. you spent more time looking in the mirror and looking around where you, where you were than actually racing looking out the window of the racetrack, <laughs> mm, mm. which was the aim of the game was to yeah, have a bit of fun. Exactly. You mentioned about Penske before. You got to drive one of the amazing Penske Donahue cars, the Can Am. Yeah. Was it Porsche 91730? Yeah. It was at Albert Park, wasn't it? I uh, drove it for a couple of laps at uh, Phillip Island. Just, just demo laps. Not, yeah, not, yeah. You know. but amazing car. Oh, yeah. Like a thousand odd horsepower in its yeah. day. <clears throat> Insane. And then, it, 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 as you say, Grand Prix track. But uh, beautiful. I mean, I got to, 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 to feel the power that it had, but not down the straight because it was, it was – it was fairly fairly dodgy down the straight <laughs> <laughs> for over the years, but uh, massive massive acceleration, massive. Insane, uh, and you've ended up being you know even just the things we've talked about with sitting in Dan Gurney's office yeah. driving one of these cars that Mark Donahue drove, you know yeah, yeah, Penske exactly. guys. Yeah. You know it's been an amazing oh, hell, way to yeah, you yeah, know yeah. from you know punting around in imps and stuff in New Zealand to doing all this yeah, cool that's stuff. That's the start of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've barely touched the <laughs> we're surface we're on we're this. We've to the end before we got to the middle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a whole pile of other stuff to uh, to roll through. Speaking of rolling through, I've got a few questions which our um, listeners have put in through our socials. Yep. Um, we call it the couch racer questions because, you know, fans yep. are on the couch yep. and they're couch racers. That's me too now. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you're, you're a very highly qualified one. Um, and it's brought to us by the National Motor Racing Museum up at Bathurst who, by the way, are open six days a week. Don't go on Tuesdays. They're closed. So you can't get in the door. You can't push your way in. But if you want to know the opening times, go to the museum's Bathurst website. Um, Frank's got the first question and he wants to know about your time driving super trucks. How on? I mean, I know you've driven everything, but- I forgot that you did that. Uh, trucks, why, how, where? What was the story Well, there? I, I – um, <clears throat> they had a, a truck race. It might, might have been one of the first ones at, uh, at Calder. And uh, they were looking – they had the truckies mates race, they called it. And so um, I had, had a, uh, a deal with Mobile. And Paul Freestone, who I hadn't met at that stage, he also – his truck was sponsored by Mobile. So he was looking for a truckies mate Guy to drive the which was their, mate their race. way of a co-driver, more but, or less, yeah, yeah. in separate races. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and so I decided, yeah, no problem. I'll have, have it run. So I had a drive, and it was. I mean, the, the, initially they were Paul's truck was was like it was a winning truck, uh, but you know, good power, not that a good with brakes, <laughs> uh, tires like you know, big knobbly tires on them and everything, and it was terrific. But it was all all the car trucks the same as they modified the trucks over the years. They become proper little race trucks, you mm, know. Mm. And that, was that one of the big beefy ones, not the little lightweight trucks? No, like that big, was a big, big Kenworth one. or something yeah, like big that? Ken, Kenworth, yeah. yeah. And then later I drove a truck for Scania, 
um, a, a cab over to start off truck where poor, poor Fresh Hands was a long nose. Mm. And uh, I had a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Just different, just different. Oh, but uh, box ticked, you did yeah, it. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. it was It was a thing. Um, Jared Minogue uh, wants to ask about the Volvo S40, the, the super yep. touring car, and the Bathurst win you had with Ricard Rydell, the world's fastest florist, Ricard. <laughs> um, do you rate that one as highly as the others? Because I feel like that's the forgotten one versus the, the Brock ones and the Scafie ones and the Nissan ones. The Volvo one, because the two-litre V8 exactly. thing was going at the exactly. time, it's a bit unfairly sort of forgotten a little bit. Yeah, I, th- I think it is. But the thing is that it, uh, Australian race fans went to more of the V8s and, the, mm. and and all the current named drivers, and we had overseas drivers, and and some names they they wouldn't have you know recognised. But the, the Volvo itself was an absolutely brilliant car to drive, and I, I treat that as just as, as good as any of the others, mainly because from purely a driving point of view, the car was an absolute weapon. It was just beautiful. And, uh, like, you drove it flat out for six and a half hours or seven hours, where it was. Didn't miss a beat. Uh, but it was a great car to drive. Mm. You'd hardly know it was a front-wheel drive car. Yeah. Five cylinders. Yeah. Just the sound. Yeah. Just unique. But that was, you know, that was when the, the, the hullabaloo was, was a Channel 7, Channel 10. Yeah, all that Something, was going something, on. something. Yep. So yep. that Bathurst was the, the date. Traditional of date. Of the traditional Bathurst. But, yep. of course, not with the traditional cars. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think the good thing is over history, we count both the races yeah, yeah, exactly. because they were Bathurst exactly. 1000s yeah. with elements of what yep. we yep. all yep. knew. And, yep. and I think you and Steve were the only ones to drive in both each year all the way through. Yeah. So you never missed one, whether it was two litre or the V8, yeah. you guys yeah. were able to, to – and, you know, you finished second together in the V8 race, yeah. then you were yeah. first and second in the two litre. So <laughs> you didn't just go in them. You went no, pretty no, no, well. No, no. You went pretty well. Um, I've just thought of a question. Remember that um, they wouldn't let Brock drive the red Volvo at Bathurst one year because they wanted him to do his HRT yes. thing, and that started you with the yeah. Volvo thing. Yeah. So you did that that weekend on the Sunday. It pelted with rain, yeah, and you won that race in the two liter race, which wasn't championship. It was no, just no, no, a one off no. yeah, thing, yeah, exactly, and, and that sort of thing. I've got I've heard a murmur or three. You might be able to confirm or deny. You might not know, but Volvo at the time might have been a bit iffy to stay. In Super Touring, yeah. how could Brad Jones in a four-wheel drive yeah. Audi in a race like that not give you a run for your money? Yeah, well, Do you I, reckon that they might have gone easy on you in that one no, to I don't let think Volvo so. win? No, I've I heard that story. No, I don't know no, if it's true. No, I don't, no, no. You, you, wouldn't you don't do reckon? That. No, no. Brad Jones wouldn't give a win away, but he, but he was he was stuck down the he was, he was down the grid a bit. And yeah, he, and, he, and he didn't have a good start. When he down the grid, I think he might have been. Was I think I was in the front row. I think with the BMW, like Beardo and Bradham and Morris yeah. and those blokes were all. And um, uh, maybe, and I don't know why, but we had a um, a uh, Michelin tyres on our car. Now we're not not sure whether the Audis had the Michelins or not. I think there were still Dunlops in that. Time. Yeah, I think it they might swapped have been later. Right. In and, the and, and at that time, the Michelin were probably the best tyre to have. Mm. And I, I found it dry, like I hadn't driven it in the wet until. The race, I think, because mm. the practice was dry. Yeah, I think Beto and I battled for the lead in the um, the other race, but uh, yeah, no, I, I managed to pass with one of the BMWs, you know, after one or two laps, and then just started to pull away. But then, then, then Brad in the in the Audi was was catching me towards the end of the thing. But I mean, all I had to do was keep an eye on the mirror. Mm. And mm. I always remind him of that, the fact that <laughs> <laughs> I'm due to chat to him soon, so I'll get his side of that too as well. Um, Stephen Brennan's got a question. Would you let Steve or your grandson, which is Clay, Steve's son, anywhere near the TCM cars, would they ever be allowed to have a little drive of those? Or are they parked up no one's having a go? Well, they're, they're parked up and no one's having a go. And the longer you leave them parked up, the more work you've got to do on them to so make sure little, things. They need a little bit of a run. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I start them up every probably every month. Yep. And um, – Takes me a day to start all the race cars up. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a few in here, just quiet. Uh, there's a but, few, uh, but no, probably not because they're they're they're, they're aiming for b- bigger and better things. Mm. And 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 as you know, every time you you drive a car out the, out the door onto a track, you run the risk of uh, damaging something or blowing something up or whatever, True. whatever, whatever. True. So yeah, so probably not. But they can uh, they can watch the videos. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit of that around. There's a bit of that around. Uh, Ray Weeks got a question. Ray's a lovely fellow. Um, for those who don't know Ray, for many years uh, he was the um, the lovely face and voice 
that met you when you went to the Gold Coast Indy race and he ran the media centre for the event organisers. Still see Ray when we go to the Gold Coast. Oh, good stuff. Not that we've been there for the no, last no, few no. years racing, but um, he's asked me this a few times and he sent me a photo as well. So in 92, of course, it's famously known what happened yep. on the podium and all that, mm. but the day before there was a driver's parade in town. He drove the car that you and Scaifey oh, were right. in that day. Oh, incredible. And I think it was his car from memory too. Um, and I didn't know this, but he said you guys got soaked. I don't know if there were people through – Fired water pistols yeah, at you, or yeah. I don't think people know that part of you know they know the bit on Sunday. So what happened on Saturday? Did you get attacked in the drivers' parade by punters yeah, or something? Yeah, that they had those, those those big you know those big squirt of bulky things. They get pump action things. Oh, pump action <laughs> water pistols. Yeah, yeah, monsters. And they just and let, the, rip yeah, on we, you just, we were ducking for cover and having a laugh. And there was other guys. The other, the other guys were getting a bit of a drenching as well, but we probably got the most drenching because we were in a Nissan. <laughs> <laughs> so that had no part to play. What happened the next day? No part to play. No, All if right. they had been scooting on the road, and I could have got some practice. <laughs> <laughs> so ne- next time for any podiums that you might think might be a little bit frosty uh, for young racing drivers, take a water pistol. That'll disarm everything. Yeah, especially for the tour. If it's, a, if it's a parade down the field. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Get a few people back. Um, Steve Hallam, what, what I think we did cover this last time we saw you, but we've asked, been asked by a few people, what race cars have you kept and what would you have liked to have kept? It's a long list of still what you've yeah, got. Yeah, exactly. No, no I, I kept the the uh, one of the M3s that ran the 87 Touring Car Championship, which I drove in the first two or, two or three rounds of the Because there were a few different ones of those. Yeah, the, yeah, I ran two cars in the Touring Car Championship and they had a brand-new car at Bathurst. Um, so they rotated them around a little bit, but the one that I've got is uh, the first one that was built. Um, and I've got the uh, HR31 Skyline that we won in 1990. Yep. Uh, I've got the Falcon, obviously, the, the Javelin. Uh, that's the only race cars I've got, but, but as for, for, I wish I'd kept all of them. <laughs> yeah. But um, I suppose the Falcon would be the other one, this Falcon Sports Sedan, I wish I had kept, but... It's changed so much now from what where it was. Different body body panels on it, and that to make it try and go faster. Yeah, I would like to, only because of the the, the 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 technical knowledge that was put into it through Murray. Uh, it was like the Corvair; it was way ahead of its time, but uh, it didn't have, you could say, a that successful a career mainly because it just didn't have any money to spend. Mm. Mm. And wasn't there a time when you did own the 635 JPS yep. car? Well, you don't have it now, but you, you had your championship winning car there for a time. Yes, I did. After it finished yep. racing. Yep, I did. Um, and that was it, – it had a broken crankshaft and uh, it sat in, a, in the corner of Sommeriva's. Joe Sommeriva. Joe Sommeriva. Yeah, 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 privateer yeah, driver. He, he had, had it. it. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. Gary Rogers had had it. Gary had it. Before yes. that. Yeah. Yeah. Gary sold it to Joe. And Joe Gary- took it to New Zealand and broke the broke the engine, and then brought it back and put it in the corner of his workshop. And so, I, so I can't remember what how much I bought it for. I think it was might have been eighteen thousand dollars or something. Anyway, um, when I went to pick it up, it was it was grey, cement dust and gravel dust and stuff <laughs> all over it, an inch thick. <laughs> and so I, I, did, I did take it. And then I, I was going to restore it, and I thought. Oh, it's too much for me. Too hard. Yeah. So I resulted a really nice guy, John Hebron in Canberra. He was a BMW fanatic, and he uh, cleaned it up, fixed it up, and uh, he ran it in the races every, every, every now and again. And it's in its JPS 62 yep. colours yep. livery. Now, now I've got Adrian Brady runs it. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful and, car. Uh, yeah. I would have liked – that was one car I would have liked to have kept, obviously, because mm. it had six race wins in a row or something and won the Endurance Series, Sandown 500 – the Touring Car Championship, Amscar Series. Mm, mm. So they had a, good, a great yeah. history. Yeah, did it all, did it all. Um, Tim Matheson, I like this. This is not bad. Do you still have the stylish brown leather Tui's Top Gun jacket from the Bathurst wins in the Nissan days? Yes, Remember those jackets? Yes, I do. You do? You still got it? <laughs> is it faded? Does it still look No, it looks all right. I, oh. I've never worn it. Oh, you've got to get it out again. You've got to get it out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good to know. Yeah. A bit of Bathurst history that's... Still around and hasn't <laughs> gone anywhere. Um, Nigel Fall, who was the competitor that brought out the best in you? That's a good question. I like that. Um, well, I, the, the, the guy that was in front of me. Because <laughs> 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 you had to try and pass him or beat him. 
But uh, I've I've had um, like Peter Fitzgerald, for instance, in the in the, the GT production series, and the the one before that in the Starians and the RX sevens. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he was always the benchmark to actually get to and, and, and beat because he was always competed at the front. And uh, so Fitzy and I uh, had some brilliant races, really really good. And he was he, he was in, in in his Porsches, he was as good as I was virtually. Um, but I left my cars as they were. Pete would tinker, and sometimes that would let him down. But uh, no, he was he was he was good. But you know, I mean, all the, all the drivers I drove against, you know, even guys who were behind us, you can't get respected them because I mean, the only reason they might have been behind you was because they didn't have quite good, a good enough car. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, when, when you're racing at the front of, the, of any series, you know, like, like the Super Tourers, the Nations Cup, the, the Porsche Cup, whatever. Uh, there's always different people put their hands up to say, "Well, hey, you know, beat me," mm. you know, and, and if they're leading, you got to try and beat them. So uh, that's probably the, uh, the, the 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 best analogy I can give you. Yeah, if you're in front in any category, you're going all right. Yeah, exactly, you're the person exactly. to beat. Person to beat. Um, we have a partnership with the motorsporttrader.com. They deal in memorabilia, car racing parts, all sorts of bits from over the years to keeping uh, Aussie motorsport memories alive. So. For our listeners, have a listen to their, have a not a listen, have a look at their website. Is what I was trying to say, um, which prompts the question. Um, they've got all sorts of stuff, panels and guards, and all sorts of stuff from race cars over the years. Memorabilia, yeah, memorabilia, man. I know some drivers who've kept every race suit and every trophy and every helmet and every. Have you kept a few things along the journey that are um, that are crucial things that you? Yeah, that you really yeah. Love? And um, I've sold, I've sold a, a you know a few helmets and I've sold some, some overalls to to a to a guy that I know in Perth who's just a mad collector. A really, really nice guy, and um, but I've I've still got I've got one of the the HR the um, Holden dealer team suits that I wore and won in nineteen seventy nine eighty. Oh yeah, cool, very uh, or, cool. Or, or, or seventy eight, seventy nine. I've got to you know, I've got to go back on the video and <clears throat> line, what line up the logos. And- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I've got uh, the BMW suit and what have I got? The the, the Commodore suit. I've got about twenty suits left. Right. Oh well. Yeah. yeah okay. But, but yeah. We so. won't call call you a full on hoarder. No. But you're no, not no. a total throwout king. Either. No. No. Yeah. No. 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 Like the trophies, they they just sat there because there was nowhere else to, nowhere else to put them, <laughs> and really didn't want to throw them away for yeah. that reason. You know. Yeah. Uh, do you reckon back in the day they did a better trophy? Like in the seventies and eighties, there were some pretty yeah, cool yeah, big yeah, trophies, no, they, they and they now did, they've yeah. sort of. Lost. Yeah. I reckon they lost their way in trophy yeah. design. I reckon they need to. No, I reckon make because them they, they make them. They, sometimes they make them look spectacular and, and all that sort of stuff, but they're made of plastic. Yeah, you know, and it's <laughs> a real trophy. Very long. Yeah. Uh, they're a lot better to keep. I've had mine 20, 30 years, never cleaned them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're still shiny. You, you got a few. We, we are in in your workshop. There's a few floating around. Uh, any that stand? I mean, looking at them, there's some cool designs from back in the day, but. Is there any? I mean, obviously you cleaned up when you won that sports and end series with the stuff you got from Janie, but beyond trophies, is there anything else cool that you've won over the years that um, is a bit interesting or different to the norm? Not really. Trophies are pretty. The there was a bit of a period there where they gave clock trophies. Yeah, and- yeah. I mean, I got a few different types of trophies like that, um, and I suppose I keep the Bathurst ones and the Touring Car Championship ones that I've got. Um, at home, sort of a bit special, mm. Mm. but all the the, the run of the mill trophies, you just. Took me out of their boxes and put them in the workshop. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, it's a very big run of the mill. There's there's plenty of them, plenty of them floating around. Yeah, you would probably need a full time cleaner. There are that many trophies. Yeah, my wife here, said um, if I cleaned two a day, I'd have it done in a year. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon she's uh, underestimating there. I reckon there's probably two years worth of work. Uh, just quietly, uh, Jimmy. Thanks for your time. No thanks problem. to great to catch up. You know what? We have not covered at all. There's still plenty of plenty of stuff to cover. Um, and just quickly, too, before we go, last time we chatted in 2019, I get my years mixed up Jeez, these was... days, we we had a question from a fan who asked about, would you do a book? Have you changed your thoughts? Would you do a book? Are you open um, to the thought? I'm open to the thought, yeah. Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah. All right. Um, I always worry about a book, though, that, 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 that I might f- forgot forget something that was, nah. was quite important to someone else. When it's your book, though, you do yeah. what you like. No, no, exactly. But <laughs> you'd like to sort of get it uh, done properly. All right. So it's not a no when you'd like it done properly. Do you I'll know pe- anyone? Do you know uh, anyone that might be able to do uh, one? Uh, I've got an idea. <laughs> I know. I know a bloke. I know a few. Let me have some talks, and we'll see what we can 
what we can come up with. Uh, last time it was a no, this time it's a maybe. Hopefully we do another chat in two years' time or sometime yeah, soon yeah, and we might yeah. get a yes out. No, so. exactly. You never know. A big thank you to Jim Richards. It was fabulous again to catch up with him and sit down in his workshop surrounded by a bunch of his really cool race cars, trophies on the walls. I reckon if you'd told me as a kid that I'd be sitting in Jim Richards' workshop shooting the breeze with him about his amazing career, I'd have thought you were crazy. But that is exactly what we did again. Special thanks to JR for spending the time with us. Christmas is coming, sleuthers. Bookshop.v8sleuth.com.au. Link is in the show notes. But a bunch of cool books and stuff that you need to be across for Christmas, including stuff for the older race fan, the younger race fan, DVDs with classic Bathursts, prints, the co- all sorts of collectibles. Jump on the website, including a few model cars too. We, we don't stock heaps of model cars, but we do have a cool range, including... Uh, the 2020 Scott McLaughlin Championship winning Mustang that's just arrived online. So grab yourself one of those. If it's not in the online shop yet, it will be very, very soon. So keep an eye. We've got a pretty limited run of those. Uh, podcasts. I've got to recommend a few before I go. The Castrol Motorsport News Podcast with Andrew Van Leeuwen and Stefan Bartholomew. The boys are on fire. They're great analysis and deep dive of contemporary motorsport. They've got so much to talk about. Don't miss an episode. It's a real cracker. New podcast that debuted in the last few months. It's going to surge on and grow in 2022. Repco Supercars Weekly is back every Thursday on the run-up to Christmas just to tie up all the loose ends from another big year in the Repco Supercars Championship as well. All right, that's us done. The V8 Sleuth Podcast powered by Repco. I'm Aaron Noonan. I will chat to you with our next episode next week. For the latest in Australian and World Rally news, join me, Luke Witten, from Rally Sport Magazine on the Special Stage Rally Podcast every week. It's news, insight and analysis with big names in the sport joining us regularly to talk rallying of all sorts. Catch the Special Stage Rally Podcast now, available via the Motorsport Podcast Network on all your regular podcast apps.